Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm a home decor overspender. Hi, Joe. I made a breakthrough. I found HomeSense. It's unreal. So many brand name sofas. I bought one. Oh, wow, really? It's okay. Yeah. The prices so low. Lighting unexpected. Rugs handcrafted. Wall art eclectic. I go back like every week. <gasps> no, it's always different. New unique decor. Same great savings every time you go. Field trip. HomeSense. Standout pieces. Outstanding prices. We're going to be learning Chidusha Rabbeinu Chaim HaLevi, the first piece in Hilchos Naira Basula. This is Perak Aleph, Halacha Tesvav. And Rab Chaim is dealing with a case which he discussed a part of it at length in the first piece in Hilchos Ishus, which talks about Banim Harem Kesimanim. The case is talking about a young girl who was raped. Someone was forced themselves on her. And she was at the age where she had puberty, so she wasn't a Ketana, she's a Naira, but she had not gone to Bogaris, which is six months later, so she did not have the full rights to her estate. So the question is, who gets her estate if she dies, and how much does the person have to pay? The Rambam says, Ba'aleha Umesa, if this man came on to her and then she died, he doesn't have to pay the fine, which in general, if a man forces himself on a Naira, he has to pay a fine. But here, there's an exception, because it says, Vinasan Ha'ish he has to pay to the father of the Na'ara when there's a living girl, but if she's died, then he doesn't have to pay her. And the Rambam adds in, he limits this, this whole halacha is only when the court case did not happen in the girl's lifetime, but if the court case happened and he already had to pay in her lifetime, then even if she dies, he would have to continue to pay. So this comes from the Gemara in Ksubis and Daflamid Chesis Zabaya's position. But Rab Chaim is bothered because the Rambam, when he records this halacha, seems to imply that the man would only be absolved from paying the knas, the fine part of it, if the girl dies before the court case. But the embarrassment, the boshes, or the pagam, the damages, he would have to pay. And Rab Chaim says that it does not sound like that from the Gemara. Because the Gemara says, This that was obvious to Abaya, that he doesn't have to pay Miboyle the Rava. It was a question to Rava because Rava had a question: Yesh beggar bekever o ain beggar bekever. Can a girl become a bogaris six months after hitting puberty and becoming a naira? She becomes a bogaris and gets the full rights to her estate. So Rava had a question: Would that process take effect when this girl is already in the grave after her life? In other words, and the difference would be if she becomes a bogaris, then her son would inherit the estate, and if not, then her father would continue to get the estate. So the Gemara has some issues with this because how could she have a child so young? This is the case that Rabbi Chaim talks about at length in the first piece in Hilchus Ishus. So the Gemara reinterprets that what Rava meant to ask was Yesh Beger Vekever, does she become a Bogaris in the grave after her death and therefore her father won't get anything and nobody will get it? There's no son? Or is the whole process frozen and she's not going to transform into a Bogaris so the father will always get it? So according to this, it would be very clear to Rava that there is a payment after her death. The only question is if she became a Bulgaris. But if it wasn't six months after she became a Naira, then certainly there would be payment after her death. And then the Gemara says that there's a third position, Marbar of Ashi, and he had a different version of this question. He wanted to know, does death itself create the equivalent of a Bulgaris? Meaning as soon as she dies, then there's no more payment as if she's a Bulgaris, or it doesn't be create a Bulgaris, and he still has to pay. And the Gemara says, take so according to Marbar of Ashi, he's not sure about this whole halacha of Abaya, that there's no payment after she dies if it's before the court case. 
And the way Mar Baravashi expresses that uncertainty is asking, is death the equivalent of Bogaris or not? So it says Rabbi Chaim, from the fact that the Gemara compares death to Bogaris, it seems to imply that all of the payments of the Ma'anis, in this case, would all be affected if she dies. Because the halacha with the Bogaris is that she leaves her father's authority completely. He has no more rights to any parts of her estate. He has no more financial rights to her. So all of the payments, whether it's the fine or the embarrassment or the damage, all of that would go to her. And it explicitly says that in the Mishnah, at the beginning of the parak, it says, Nairish Nispatita, a girl who was seduced, and she did not have the court case until she became a Bulgaris, she gets everything. And the Rambam says that that includes also the Boshas and the Pagam. So why, if the Gemara says that death would be the equivalent of Bulgaris, does the Rambam say that death would only affect the Knas, that the man would not have to pay the fine, but he doesn't say that the man would also be absolved from paying the Boshas and the Pagam? That's Reb Chaim's question. So as is Rab Chaim's way, he tries to answer this by differentiating on a core level between these two different halachas. And he has two different approaches about this distinction. First, says Rab Chaim, that the Rambam held that this drosha, the principle of la'aviha naira of lo la'aviha mesa, does not mean that the father loses the rights in the daughter. That's what happens when she becomes a bogaris or when she gets married. In those cases, it's not that the payment is suspended, the payment is still there, but the father no longer has financial rights to her. But when it comes to avia naira of lo la'aviha mesa, that is exeris akos of the Torah just said that the Payment is suspended. The man no longer needs to pay the knas. It's not that the father loses the right to the knas, but the knas disappears. So based on this distinction, says Rab Chaim, there's a basic difference in how it plays out. When it comes to the case of the girl who died, since the whole knas was suspended, we can't learn out Boshas and Pagam from that because there's a special Xeris HaKos of the Torah said that there is no more knas in this case. But the Boshas and the Pagam remain. They still have to be paid and so they get paid to the father. La via naira of Lola via mesa, that drusha does not apply to Boshas and Pigam. But on the other hand, if she became a Bulgaris or she got married, so there the payment exists, the financial obligation still remains, but the father loses his rights to that. So that we're able to learn out Boshas and Pagam from Knas. Once we see that the father lost the rights to the Knas, then it makes sense to extrapolate that he also lost the rights to the Boshas and the Pagam money. And even more so, says Rab Chaim, that all financial obligations go together. So once a father loses the rights in his daughter's estate to her finances, then he loses it totally. We don't differentiate between Knas and Boshas and Pagam. So this distinction would help explain why the Rambam holds that when it comes to Bogaris, the father loses all the money, Knas, Boshas, and Pagam. But when it comes to a girl who died, the father just loses the Knas. It's not really that the father loses the Knas, it's that the Knas disappears, but the Boshas and the Pagam remain and they have to be paid to the father. And says Rab Chaim that he could actually prove this idea from the Gemara itself because Abayah's halacha is that if the girl dies in the meantime before the court case, then he doesn't have to pay the knas at all. Now, if this is the same thing as Bogaris, that the father loses the rights to the knas, why shouldn't he have to pay it to the estate of the daughter and whoever gets the estate should get it? The father might have lost the rights, but he still has to pay the daughter, which is the same thing as Bulgaris, even though he doesn't pay the father, but he does have to pay this new grown-up adult girl. 
So it must be, says Rav Chaim, the fact that when it comes to a girl who died, he doesn't have to pay at all, not even the girl's estate. It's not just that the father lost the rights here, but the whole knas is uprooted in that case. La Via of Lola Via Mesa tells us that there is no more knas, and that's why he doesn't have to pay. And that's why the Rambam says that it has no bearing on the Boshas and Pagam, because we can't learn out Boshas and Pagam from knas with regards to that. And so he would continue to pay the Boshas and Pagam to the Naira Hamesa's father. Now, as is his way, Rab Chaim reverses and tries the other approach. And that is that when this Naira dies, it's not that the Knas is uprooted, but rather the father loses the rights to the Knas. The same way a Bogaris, he loses rights, so too here he loses rights. If so, says Rab Chaim, what about the point he just made? Why shouldn't the man at least have to pay the girl's estate, even if the father lost his rights, but he should still have to pay the Knas? Like a Bogaris, she herself now gets the money. So it says Rab Chaim, there's a fundamental difference between the way the father loses his rights because his daughter became a Bogaris versus when he loses his rights because his daughter died. And that is that when his daughter becomes a Bogaris, so Yisodohu Hafkomer Shus Ha'ab, she is removed now from the property from the authority of the father, and he no longer has the rights to her finances. But But when the daughter dies, the naira dies, it's not that she's removed from his rishos. The Torah, though, has a special rule that if the daughter dies, the father no longer has the rights to her. Even though she's still in his Rishos. She's still in his broader authority. But he cannot have the rights to the finances of the daughter who died. So the difference between a Bogaris and a daughter who dies is that a Bogaris is removed from her father's Rishos entirely. He has no authority over her. And therefore, he can't collect the finances. He has no right to the finances. But a daughter who dies is still in the reshus of the father. He still has that broader authority. But the Torah said he has no rights to the finances. He cannot collect any money on behalf of her estate. So given this distinction, says Rabbi Chaim, now it makes sense why if the daughter dies, he doesn't have to pay at all. Because the way it works by a Bogaris is that when the initial obligation happened, when he coerced her, so she was in the father's authority. And then after that, she became a Bulgaris or she got married. That removed her from her father's authority. And then she took over any existing financial obligation that would have gone to the father. Now the daughter has authority of herself. She's removed from the father's authority and she is able to collect the money on her own behalf. So that's why in a case of a Bulgaris or if she gets married, she can go ahead now and collect the money on her own. But when the daughter dies, so it's not that she's removed from the father's authority. She's still in his authority, but he can't collect the money. So in that case, nobody can collect the money because since the initial action, when the man forced himself on her, she was in the father's authority. So he effectively owns the rights to collect this money, but he can't collect it. And since the daughter died, so she never left the father's authority, she also can't collect it. She didn't take over the rights to collect it. So there's nobody left who's able to collect it. So that's why in the case of the Naira who dies, nobody's able to collect this Kanas, even though the Kanas still exists. The Kanas hasn't been suspended, but the father's unable to collect it because he lost the right to collect the daughter's finances when she died. And the daughter's estate can't collect it because she never left the father's authority to take over those obligations, and therefore the man does not have to pay. 
So according to the second approach, says Rab Chaim, this also explains why the Rambam holds that he still has to pay Boshas and Pegam. Because the Knas is unique in that the obligation to pay the fine only happens after the court case. Once the court says that he has to pay the fine, then the fine obligation comes into being. So if the daughter has died before the court case, then nobody can go ahead and collect the Knas because of the way Rab Chaim just explained it. But the Boshas and Pegam are different. Those are financial obligations that the person owns for damaging them and for damaging the reputation and embarrassing them. So they happen immediately. As soon as he did his action of forcing himself on her, he immediately owed the Boshas and Pagam. You don't need a court case to create those obligations. And therefore, the father still can collect the Boshas and Pagam. Even once the daughter dies, he still has the rights to collect those because the existing obligation happened when she was alive and in his authority. Even though he doesn't have rights to her finances now after death, but this one he can still collect because it's already in effect. And even though the daughter's died, as Rab Chaim explained, she's not removed from his authority. Nobody took over the authority of collecting the Boshas and Pegam, so the father is still able to collect to those. So with this second explanation of the Rambam also makes sense of the distinction between Boshas and Pegam versus Kanas, because Kanas is an obligation which only happens later at the court case, whereas Boshas and Pegam happen earlier. And again, if we're following this whole equation, so this also makes perfect sense why when it comes to Bogaris, or if the girl gets married, where she leaves her father's authority entirely, she's able to collect not just the Knas, but also the Boshas and Pegam. Why don't we say, well, the Boshas and Pegam were already obligated to the father from the time she was in his authority. So if we're following it, then this also makes sense because once she becomes a Bogaris or gets married, she leaves her father's authority and she takes all of the obligations that were existing towards her. So she takes over the Knas, the Boshas and the Pegam. It doesn't really matter whether it happened at the time that he forced himself on her or it happened at the court case. Either way, she takes over it now and he has to pay everything to her. But that's different than a girl who dies where she does not leave her father's authority. So therefore, it's not going to affect things retroactively that the father can't go back and collect. It's only from now on he can't get new financial obligations that are owed to the daughter. He has no rights to them anymore. So that's only the knas. He can't obligate the man to pay a knas after the court case, after the daughters died. But the boshas and the pagam, which are already pre-existing obligations, which are owed to him, so that he is able to collect because there's nothing to disrupt the obligation, which was already owed to him from when she was in his authority. Now, both these approaches are all well and good. They both account for why the Rambam makes a distinction between the Knas and the Boshas and the Pagam in the case of the daughter dying and why that's different than if she becomes a Bogaris. But the problem Rab Chaim asks is that it seems to go against the Gemara because the Gemara explicitly said that Abaya's certainty was a question to Rava, meaning Abaya and Rava are talking about the same thing. But according to Rab Chaim's analysis, Abaya is talking about the Knas, and either the Knas is suspended or it's still there, but the father can't collect it anymore, whichever approach you want to take. But either way, it only applies to the Knas, not the Boshas and the Pagam. But Rava is talking about a Bogaris, it's talking about what removes moves this girl from the father's authority, and it would also transfer who collects the Boshas and the Pagam. So there is no debate. Even if Rava agrees with Abaya that there's no Knas, 
he still would have asked this question about who collects the Boshas and the Pagam. So the fact that the Gemara says that they're disagreeing with each other seems to imply against the Rambam's distinction. And second, Rab Chaim wonders why did the Rambam skip any mention of Rava's whole question about whether a girl can become a Bogaris after she died? The Rambam makes no mention of this whole issue. But since the Rambam holds that death only removes the obligation of the Knas, he should have mentioned the whole issue of a Bogaris with regard to whether or not the guy has to pay Boshes Upegam. So in order to answer these two questions, Rab Chaim wants to know the following. When the Gemara says that Lavia Nair of Lavia Mesa, that he doesn't have to pay the father of a girl who died, does that apply both to the father and to the daughter? So even if she would be an orphan, there is no father in this case. Still, once she dies, he doesn't have to pay her because that principle that he doesn't have to pay the Aviha Mesa applies also to the daughter. Or is it a special rule when it comes to the father that he does not have the right to collect money if the daughter died, but she herself does have the right? So in a situation where the kanas was owed directly to her, there was no father, then her estate would be able to collect it after she died. So Rabbi Chaim says that presumably this issue should depend on the two approaches that we've had so far. According to the second approach, that la via of lo la via mesa means that the father loses his rights to collect the finances once the daughter dies, so then that's obviously only where the father was owed the money. In a case where the daughter was owed the money, then certainly she could collect it, her estate could collect it after she dies, because there is no, the Torah never said that she can't collect it, it only said that the father can't collect it. But according to the first approach, that it's not that the father can't collect it, it's that the entire knas is removed once the daughter dies. So says Rab Chaim, we might have thought that in that case it should apply even if the daughter herself is owed the knas. Certainly if the father's owed the knas, he can't collect. But if the daughter's owed the knas, maybe she also can't collect because the whole knas is removed. But to says Rab Chaim that still it would be likely to say that it's only a halacha that applies to the father. He can't collect because that's the Torah's formulation. La viha naira, the lola viha mesa. The father has to have a living daughter, not a dead daughter. But the daughter herself would be able to collect in that case. So, either way, according to both approaches, says Rab Chaim, this is a halacha that's specific to the father. It does not apply to the daughter. If she was owed the knas, then she would be able to collect even after she died. So if that's the case, says Rab Chaim, now we understand why it cannot be that if death makes Bogeres, which is what Marba Ravashi suggested, that it's possible that once the girl dies, it's as if she's a Bogeres, that is not possible to square with Abayah's halacha that he doesn't have to pay the knas. Because once she becomes a Bogeres, she's out of her father's rishus, and she now takes over any existing obligations towards her estate. And once she is the one that's owed the money, then there would be no tour, there would be no effect of the Lola Aviha Mesa because it's her money and that halacha only applies to the father. So according to Abaya, that he doesn't have to pay the knas once she dies, it's impossible to say that she would be a Bogaris because then she would be able to collect that money and there would never be any tour of the Lola Aviha Mesa. And similarly, from Marbar of Ashi's perspective, if he would hold that... 
dying creates the same situation as Bogeres, then it would be impossible to apply the halacha of la'aviha naira v'lo la'aviha mesa. So it says, Rab Chaim, that's what the Gemara means when it says that Abaya disagreed with Rava's question in the way Mar Baravashi formulated it, because Abaya certainly holds that death does not create a situation of Bogeres, and that very issue is exactly what Mar Baravashi asked. So Rab Chaim's question had been that the Gemara is comparing apples and oranges, because Abaya's halacha according to Rava, was that the man doesn't have to pay the knas, whereas Rava slash Marbaravashi were asking about the boshas and the pagam, all of the things that he would have to pay. So on a practical level, we could imagine, even if he doesn't have to pay the knas, he has to pay the boshas and pagam, but says Rab Chaim, when we delve more deeply into it, we see that the whole basis of Abaya's halacha is the fact that once a girl dies, she does not become a bogaris. Otherwise, that would throw off the whole application of Lola Aviha Mesa, because it's not owed to the father anymore. It's owed to the daughter. And as a Bulgaris, she leaves her father's Rishus and she takes over now any existing obligations. So and now that we understand why Abaya and Rava's question are at odds with each other, says Rab Chaim, that also explains why the Rambam omits any mention of this issue about whether death creates a Bulgaris. Uh, which would have meant that the man doesn't have to pay the boshes and the pagam, but once the Rambam paskin like Abaya, that once she dies, he doesn't have to pay the knas, that automatically means that death does not create a bogaris, and therefore he does have to pay the boshes and the pagam. So the Rambam didn't need to make any mention of the issue of whether death creates bogaris, because from the fact that he rules that if the girl dies, the man doesn't need to pay knas, it already becomes evident that she's not not a Bogaris, and that's why she hasn't left her father's authority, and that's why we apply the principle of the Lola Aviha Mesa. So this is Rabbi Chaim's piece uh, in order to explain the Rambam's psak and the why he differentiates between a knas and a boshas and pigam. The key conceptual issue that Rabbi Chaim raises is this halacha that the man doesn't have to pay the knas after the daughter dies. Is that because the knas goes away, any obligation that he had goes away when she dies, or is it that the knas remains, but the father can't collect it? And as part of this discussion, Rab Chaim also distinguishes between a girl who becomes a bogaris and gets married, where she leaves her father's authority totally and takes over anything that would have been coming to her, any financial obligations to her, versus a case where a daughter dies, where she doesn't leave her father's authority, he's just no longer able to collect her financial obligations, he doesn't have the right to collect those anymore. Also, Rab Chaim makes a distinction between boshas and pegam, which are not a fine, so they become obligated immediately, versus the knas, which only becomes obligated after the court rules that he has to pay it.